0: Love
1: Talk Radio For all the news you need to know Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show Where great people and great topics Are brought together for stimulating And thought-provoking conversation Brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And tonight's episode of the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by no other than Vibration Radio. So big shout out to Vibration Radio for always supporting us and our platform, you guys. And so tonight, you guys, you're in store for a special treat. We have a new guest, and you guys know how much we love new guests over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And tonight, we're welcoming... Author Denise Cook Godfrey uh, She is the author of Unequally yoked uh, The pleasures of Sins Last a season And so uh, we definitely got a lot of Feedback from folks who had some questions Uh, pertaining to this book, and we're going to delve into this book and find out what uh, Denise's motivation was for writing a book like this and putting this book out there uh, for everyone to be able to read. And so she's going to share those details and all those great things this evening. And don't forget, if you have a question or a comment, you'd like to call in. Feel free. The number three four seven three two six nine one three nine is the number. And so uh, what we're going to do, you guys, we're going to take a little commercial break, but we're going to come back. We're going to welcome our special guest, Denise Kugat for you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. There is a musical revolution.
2: Soul
0: and Funk
1: Top Dog. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And as stated earlier, you guys, we are welcoming our special guest of the evening, uh, Denise Godfrey, you guys. She is the author of Unequally Yoked: uh, The Pleasures of Sins, Last a Season. So we're not going to delay any longer, you guys. We're going to get to know this awesome lady and then some. uh, So we're going to bring her right in here. Denise, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Bianca. Welcome. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Bianca. How are you? I am doing fantastic. These these <laughs> allergies, uh, this crazy weather is trying to get me. <laughs> but I'll, I know, I'll I'm understand that I've got so much stuff going on, too. <laughs> I think a lot yes. of us are kind of going that route (laughs) absolutely absolutely and so um denise for for a lot of folks this may be their first time hearing you speak um hearing about yourself so tell us a little bit about yourself who is denise godfrey
2: okay well i am denise cook godfrey and i am a minister of the gospel i am also an author i'm a playwright and a liturgical dance teacher And I just love people. I love to write. Uh, I really do love to uh, get involved in um, extracurricular activities in the community. I've been working for the banking industry for about mm, 33 years now. Um, I have two children and a granddaughter. And I am just – very busy person (laughs) very busy 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 person but as I stated I love activity I love to stay busy and I love writing
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely wonderful and so of course uh for you uh Denise when did you um discover you know kind of that passion um that you had for for writing Wow, that's a loaded question.
2: Actually <laughs> when I was when I was very young, um, I was actually going through some things that where I really didn't know what was going going on inside mm-hmm. of me as far as the creativity that the Lord really was placing inside of me and really getting me ready to to be an author. As a, a young child I can remember um interacting some with the children, you know, in the neighborhood and even my siblings. I interacted Mm -hmm. as a normal child would, but most of my days I spent alone. Um, Mm -hmm. At that time, I can remember actually just seeing in my mind, like motion pictures rolling in my Mm -hmm. mind and uh, Mm -hmm. like whole scenes being acted out in my mind. So I would speak to myself a lot. And little did I know, and I know my parents and others thought I was strange. You know, they thought something was wrong with me, really.
0: Mm -hmm. They
2: didn't know what was going on inside of me, and I really didn't either, but even during those days when I was a very young child, um, I had a desire to like write stories, short stories, right. little dogs getting lost and finding their way back home, and families <laughs> with problems ending in a very happy ending. You know those kind of things. Just writing short stories is how I started as a little girl, probably right. about seven or eight years old. And for some reason, as I got older and as things started turning in my life, as The dysfunctions of my life even, you know, um, progressed. It seems like the gifting for writing was suppressed as if it was just Mm -hmm. muted, as if there was a mute button that was turned on and it just stopped. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until I started in my 30s, actually, engaging myself back into the arts. um, That's when the creativity started stirring back up within me. Uh, I think the enemy really wanted to get rid of that gift and not have me to step out with it. But as I engaged right. myself in the arts, like uh, dance, um, we call it praise and worship dance for the church. Right. And right. I started doing that when I was in my 30s. Um, it was a desire, I know, that the Lord put it in my heart. And when I started engaging in that, when I stepped out, I was really trying to, put that under the rug because I didn't have any professional training. I never Mm -hmm. stepped foot in a dance studio before in my life, uh, being in my 30s. And, you know, I knew that I had a passion for it, but I kept trying to tell myself, no, you can't do that. You're crazy. You can't do that. You haven't had training. But the desire kept intensifying. And some people may be wondering, well, why is she bringing up dance? We're talking about writing. Well, it was actually like one of my dance mentors that actually encouraged me to write my first ebook um, several years ago, around 2011, is when I really stepped out and I, I, I took a class. Actually, my mentor at that time she encouraged me to take a short class on writing ebooks. And during that time, I really found a passion for writing, um, blogging, and writing inspirational um, mm-hmm. stories—not stories really, but just inspirational teachings to encourage people uh, from the scriptures and just from real life and not a lecture, you know, not just biblical lectures, but just using scripture to actually get down with real life. I I like to call it raw life, you know? And so this dance mentor actually encouraged me to do that. So therefore since then I have really been stepping out and writing more and writing more. And my very first ebook was done around 2011 And then I began to publish. I got into publishing, um, not publishing myself, but I learned more about publishing, and my first book was actually published in January 2013. So that's kind of how how I got started as a published author, just, you know, with a burning desire to encourage and to have the creativity stirred up to just write about real life and do it from a biblical perspective, but really from a real life. Uh, perspective. I like to keep it real and I like to touch uh, those places, um, those really hurt uh, places, you know, in people and get them to see that they're not alone and that the word of God has something to say about everything, but just being practical in my writing. So that's really how I basically started, uh, started out writing nonfiction, just scriptural inspiration. My Mm -hmm. first fiction book This novella, this unequally yoked, that's my first uh, fiction novella. And it's it's just been an amazing experience um, because it was a new twist for me, and it actually touched a lot of things in me. It Mm -hmm. actually um, helped me to get out of my box, so to speak, and to do something a little different. So that's, in a nutshell, is how I actually got
1: started with writing
2: uh, as far as uh, publishing.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And so seeing how you have, um, you know, being a, a playwright and all of these things and now having this novella, uh, what inspired you the most? Because I heard you mention, you know, kind of stepping out that comfort zone and, and touching on some things. What made you um, discover that there was a need for a book um, such as Unequally Yoked?
2: Wow. Um, basically to see people made whole. I mean, because there are so many people, you'd be surprised and you may already know, but there are so Mm -hmm. many people in the church, so many people preaching and teaching, so many people encouraging Mm -hmm. others who Mm -hmm. are so broken and who have masked their pain for so many years until it's almost as if it's just in the back of their mind and their subconscious. And then when certain things happen to trigger things, there's problems there's uh, behavioral issues there's things that are happening with within them that they can't control simply right. because they have not touched on those pending issues from the past and that's what really got me going with this unequal yoke because some of the <clears throat> excuse me some of the portions of this book uh, touch a little bit on my life it's not a life story about me And I have to really emphasize that because I live in a small town and, you know, I want people to know this is not my life story, but there are a couple of things in the book that I directly can relate to from my past, um, even people that I know, and then just sometimes just in the spirit of the moment, the Lord giving you ideas creatively to write and touch on because, like I said before, real life issues, people are going through some things that are not pretty. And My passion for writing unequally yoked was mainly to see people set free and hurt, not to leave people in the same position that they were in when they first read the first page, but Mm -hmm. by the time that they get through the whole book to see that there's hope and that there is a way out and that deliverance is available, uh, things need to be addressed. Uh, This book is full of family secrets, dysfunctions, and the old famous sex too soon, <laughs> you know, something okay. that's not covered a whole lot over the pulpit, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not saying it's not covered at all in church or in over the pulpit, but the subject right. of sex too soon is something yes. that really needs to be touched on because now I can really, really relate to that because I got pregnant at age 15 and had mm-hmm. my first child at 16. So wow. I can relate to the Pandora's box that is open when you Mm. engage in sexual sin too early and how much it affects you, even as a grown person, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, who has changed and who has given their life to the Lord and uh, whatever, but just those things from your past that you were attached to that you did not receive healing for, you know, healing Mm -hmm. on, you know, those Mm -hmm. things can really affect your life as a grown person.
1: You may have been
2: a teenager engaging in sex, And then you find yourself as a grown person still broken, still hurt, things that you didn't fix, things that you thought were not fixable. So that's my passion for this book. There is a Bible study guide even uh, in the back of the book. There's a guide for each chapter. You can read the guide as you read each chapter, or you can read the entire book and then go through the Bible study guide. You can do it as an individual or do it as a as a church group or just as a group, as a book club, mm-hmm. because yeah. um, that's one of the main reasons for writing it, to help in that area, to help broken people, especially single people who are mm-hmm. struggling with sex and love. You know, I tell my youth group at church, you know, sex does not equal love and, and, It's a lot of things that the book deals with that is just really, like I said, just raw life, and I just had a passion for dealing with it, and it took me a while because I was a little bit afraid (laughs) (laughs) to step out with this message, you know, and um, sometimes when people buy the book, I've had some people that maybe I grew up under maybe, and mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna get your book. I'm like, oh my God, they're gonna get this yeah. book and read it and gonna be <laughs> like, what?
0: <laughs> but I
2: had to come to grips with that because this is what I believe. What my assignment was is to yeah. keep it real. For so long, Absolutely. people have swept things under the rug and not dealt with real issues because they were ashamed or didn't know how to talk about sex or didn't know how to talk about that situation that happened when they were a child, you know, and now
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, we've got all this things, these things, this big tree that has grown up from the roots, you know, that were uh, planted, those seeds planted many years ago. Right. Now we've got a tree. So what are we going to do with the tree?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the great things I like that you said is that you know, the discussion about um, sex within the church. Now for me growing up, Uh, We were taught, you know, to not have sex before marriage, but that was pretty much it. Nobody really knew, the teenagers in the group, you know, really never knew like, well, okay, they knew it was a sin, but they didn't know beyond that, you know, what, why not, you know? And so to be able to have a book, you know, that talks about some of the things, you know, that can occur and take place. You know, I think broadens the perspective and it gives people the inside scoop because I think, you know, people really have no idea. And that's the reason why now you see so many of our youth, you know, I mean, you know, young 13 now, you know, having babies. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. nobody has taken the time to give them the real deal on, okay, here's what you're going to face down the line. Right. You know, here's some things exactly. that, you know, could be roadblocks and hinders for you down the line. And I think that if we kind of quit trying to sugarcoat it, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, say it is for what it is. Then it allows our youth to see, you know, what's really going on and, going on and what's really taking place. And, and Denise, I wanted to ask you, for you, having a baby um, or, or getting pregnant at the age of 15, yes. what was your world like at being oh my God. Oh my and God. pregnant? What was, what was Denise's oh world like? God. Um, oh, my God. What
2: was, <laughs> was my world like?
1: Yeah. What I can remember,
2: and I'm and I'm 51 right now, so I'm 51 years <laughs> old now. My world was turned upside down. It was a world of just confusion, fear. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. Um, I I didn't know. I didn't know what was up. Um, it was just really, um, in a nutshell, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, no wisdom, no mm-hmm. prior experience on being a mother. Um, you know, I didn't have you know, a whole lot of resources to go to. I was right. so scared. I didn't know what to do. I was, a, I was a cheerleader on the cheer squad at that time, and I'm telling you, it was rough. It was not easy. It was something, and I, I would have to admit that it was so traumatic for me until some of the things that I went through I know was, was suppressed. Um, it was mm-hmm. so traumatic for me until there were some of the memories that I believe that I buried because of the fear and the shame and the things that I went through. And for me, a lot of my issues were the low self-esteem, you know, not Mm -hmm. really knowing Mm -hmm. my worth, not knowing who I was in Christ. You know, I was a church girl, very churched, very churched. So you'd be surprised, oh, this church girl is pregnant. Yes, I was pregnant. And I did not really know who I was in Christ. I didn't have a strong, a very strong self-confidence about myself. And therefore, I was just, I was afraid. I was so, and I was humiliated. I was ashamed. Um, It was as if my whole future was just black. I couldn't see. It's like if somebody said, look down the road and tell me what you see, it was as if I could just look down the road and not see anything except just darkness or, or a mutation of what was there. So it was not an easy ride. Mm-hmm. So I like to tell people you you need to think about that. You don't want to become a mother before your time. Um, it's just not. It's I mean, it's just not what people imagine it to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Denise, it's I wanted to ask you um, after you know, becoming a, a young mother, and how do you feel that having sex at such a early early age played into Um, how you establish relationships with men thereafter. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, depending on how things started off in the beginning and sometimes Mm -hmm. how we end end up. And so for you having, you know, being a parent early, how did that set kind of set the stage for how relationships went for you after that point?
2: It was a little bit confusing, but at the same time, you were always kind of looking and just kind of yeah. saying, well, is anybody going to look my way? Is right. anybody, Is everybody going right. to be able to date except me I've got a child now? Is anybody going to even want to date me? Or is somebody going to just want to date me because they know that I've already had sex? They know that they – or do they think I'm going to be an easy prey or – you know, not that all guys are like that. That's not what I'm saying right. either. But it was right. it was sort of like <laughs> on those lines. You know, you kind of look like, well, you know, what's what what is there for me? Can, will I be able to get somebody else? And and I did. I started dating. Um, I think my child was around maybe two or around two years old when I started back dating again. I started dating again and. Um, you know, it was, it was what it was. And, you know, you mm-hmm. do have those certain mindsets that you have within yourself as a young mother trying to get back and live your life. But it's never really the same because you're trying to do what you're supposed to normally do. As a 17-year-old or as an 18-year-old, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses in in, in a sense that Mm -hmm. all your other peers, you know, they're getting ready. They're doing college applications, and they're dating, and they're getting ready to go to the prom. So you want to get ready and go to the prom. You want to date. You want to go to the movies. But you've got a child. So who's Mm -hmm. going to keep your child? So you have all of those roadblocks, and you have all of those things you have to deal with. You actually have to become an adult before you become an adult. And it's very stressful. It's very stressful. Um, A lot of people, you know, they have a situation where maybe the grandmother steps in and just takes over. Um, I didn't want that. I wanted to at least be in my child's life and do what I'm supposed to do, but it was still hard because I was so young and I had to go to school. I had to study. I had to keep my grades up so that I could at least get out of high school. And, I could have went to college, but I chose not to go because who's going to keep my child? Do I need to put that extra burden on my parents? You know, I've already put some burden on them. You know, you have all of those obstacles and decisions. So to answer your question, you know, you just try to enter back into the dating game. You just you try to be as normal as you can with your child.
1: Absolutely. Do you feel, um, we have a question from um, Carla. Uh, from Ohio, uh, coming from Facebook, and she says, do you think that sometimes our relationships with our parents kind of push us to early sexual activities as well?
2: I think it does. I think sometimes when you're not bonded or when you and your parents don't have like that open communication where, you know, you can actually be very, open and very honest and even very graphic about what you talk about when it comes to sex. I think that does have a bearing. Uh, Some people have that. Some people don't. There are some parents out there that may have been abused themselves or may have had a situation with their parents where they couldn't communicate or where there wasn't a lot of open communication. And different mindsets also play a big part in that. I think that to answer her question, yes, I think the relationship with the parent is very vital because of the communication, especially with the daughter and the daddy, the daddy and the daughter syndrome. I think (laughs) all girls just need their daddy. They need daddy. They need daddy so desperately. And when the daddy is absent or when the daddy's in the house but yet not connected, it really has an effect on the daughter, on the girls. It just has such a, a huge effect because, a lot of times, even with myself, I would have to admit, there's been times down through the years when you begin to look for something you didn't get in a man or in a in a spouse or in a mate or in a boyfriend. Right. So it's very imperative that there is open communication in the family, that there is um, just that bond where you can just talk, where you can talk about condoms, where you can talk about um, – what what do you just expect when you go out on a date with a boy, you know, mm-hmm. that that father is there and that that father puts the fear of God in that date <laughs> when he gets <laughs> ready to take his daughter, you know? It's just, I just think that that's very, very important. Very important.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope I with answered
2: your question. Oh,
1: yes, I believe you did. Absolutely. And so with this book, um, Unequally Yoked, Uh, for you, what have you found um, in in writing this book? Um, And I know you mentioned, you know, kind of stepping outside uh, of of what you normally write about and thus far. um, What did it feel like to share uh, to write this book? What was that process like for you to uh, be able to actually write this book and and share uh, some of the things that you shared?
2: Well, it was just it was very adventurous um and then there were times when I was laughing at myself as I wrote. There were times when I was crying. there were yeah. times when I was like, "Oh my God, I did not know that I could even write such a such a thing as this <laughs> you know it was it was very moving uh and it really yeah. changed my perspective on some things, even being the age I am you know going through some things already in my life. It really opened my eyes to a lot of things as well as far as just life, as far as the consequences of life, you know. Every mm-hmm. choice has a consequence, whether that choice is going to be positive or negative. You know, it really got me thinking really hard even about my, my daughter, my granddaughter, you know, just really staying close enough to them to let them know about healthy choices. So writing this book was, it was a, it was a great adventure. It it took me a while because I would write and stop, and then I would pick it back up again, and then I would be a little fearful for letting it go, and then I was like, people are going to think I'm crazy for writing about this. You know, just all these thoughts coming to your mind, but unto mm-hmm. God I finally just pushed myself, and I finally completed it, and just, and then bringing an editor in, you know, having to let your baby get into somebody else's hands for them to read and to you know, go over <laughs> things and read. But I had a great editor. I really did. I'm not sure if she's listening or not. And I would say this if she's listening or not. I had a great editor, and actually, she was my first editor because the other books that I did, I self-published and I just sort of edited myself, which was a mistake. But um, this particular book, I let it go. I put it in the hands of an editor, and this woman was amazing. Her name is Myra Rutledge. And she was amazing. She is amazing. She edited the book for me, and she just did a great job, um, you know, just looking through it and and making sure everything, you know, came together and made sense, the wording and all. But this this book was just, like I said, it's my first novella. It's my first fiction, um, what they call Christian fiction, but it's real to life. And it was just, it, it sort of changed my life in a, in a sense. I mean, I know, you know, I'm the author, but it, <laughs> it just did a lot on the inside of me to be able to pin it and just to be able to see people, uh, all of the reviews so far that I've gotten have just been five-star, I mean, to God be the glory, of course. But just people just have really taken it in and have really been touched and blessed by it so far. And I hope bring so
1: many more people with it. Absolutely. And I'm glad, you know, uh, And as you said, you know, in the process of writing this book, you kind of wonder, like, oh, my gosh, like, what are people <laughs> what are people going to see as I, I'm writing a book about this? But oftentimes we, we don't realize, you know, that um, a lot of people have a lot of things in common. So you have a lot of people who have made those decisions, you know, early on as a youth um, to have. Uh, sex um, at a very young age, um, and, and and things happen, and they didn't always know, you know, is am am I the only person that went through this? You know, am I the only person that ever experienced that? You know, so to be able to have a book like yours, who people are able to identify, you know, it speaks volumes, you know, with people. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And I wanted to Absolutely. ask you. Um, with this book, when people open this book, because I know you mentioned um there's a Bible study guide, um, as well. And I'm glad you included that because oftentimes when you uh, talk about sex yeah. and people always, okay, well what scripture does that come from? You know, where does that yeah, what does that say? <laughs> you know, say that in the Bible and so forth. So to be able to have a place, you know, where they can they can go to and also learn some things um, in the process. Uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about, as well as that you mentioned about people who are single, and I had a guest on, I guess, early part of uh, last year, and she talked about, you know, being a single woman and a Christian woman um, and the journey. Uh, of being that because oftentimes um, people feel that because you're um, a Christian, that you don't have those thoughts, you know, that those thoughts don't, mm-hmm. you know, run through your mind. And so oftentimes single people um, are out here and they are, you know, wanting and desiring for intimacy. But I wanted to talk to you about specifically when it comes to single people. How do Uh you minister to those individuals who are single? Because, you know, people have those moments uh, when they're single, you know, they're looking for a companion, they're desiring a mate. And sometimes you don't always make the best choice, especially when you're single. Um, So how do you inspire or encourage those who are single to not make, you know, those decisions um, to have sex, you know, until they find their mate?
2: Right, right. That is another loaded question, but a great question because <laughs> the first thing that I like to tell people, you know, I've been there. I, yeah. I actually just got married myself about seven years ago, so I've been there, oh, okay. and I understand. Yeah. And I understand the singles journey. I really do. And yeah. what I like to do when i ever I'm trying to encourage someone who's single, maybe they're single now and they used to be married, maybe they've never been married. But what I like to always do is keep it real. You know, I always like to tell people, that your very first step is to just acknowledge that it's there. The, the feelings right. are there. You know, the mistakes are there. The
1: weaknesses right. are
2: there. It's just because you're a Christian does not mean that you don't fall. It does not mean that you don't have the tendency to fall. It does not mean right. that you don't have certain desires. It doesn't mean that you don't even have, at times, you may even be angry with God. You may be so broken or you just may be lonely at times, especially during the holidays or or when you see other people getting that engagement, you know, together. And, you know, you go through those moments. But I always like to remind people of their destiny, uh, that God has been in there tomorrow. He knows exactly how your story ends. And to continue to get in touch with yourself, continue to Mm -hmm. understand who you are as a woman or who you are as a man. Uh, As a woman in Christ, a man in Christ, a man, you know, in the word, uh, continue to realize that God knows you and that even Jesus Christ himself went through temptations. I'm not saying that he was tempted sexually, but I'm saying that the word of God teaches us that Jesus was tempted in all points. There's three different points to every temptation. That's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All of these three points, every other temptation falls under those. And since Jesus was tempted as a man when he came to this earth, then he understands how you feel. So you go to him. You cry to him. You talk to him like you would talk to a best friend. And you just spill it out. And you just admit that you have these things going on. And you cry out to God. And you begin to trust God because a lot of times God is speaking. He's opening doors. But because this is such a sensitive subject, And because it's something that really touches on something that's so, so dear to our heart, we can miss it. We can miss it. Absolutely. But I like to tell people that you need to really try to avoid what we like to call certain sex traps. There are certain Mm. sex traps out there. And Mm -hmm. especially if you are dating, you know, if you're dating, you know, you want to avoid certain things. You know, you want to avoid certain places. Uh, certain Mm. moods and attitudes. There are certain things that you just have to avoid because you're single, because you love the Lord for real, because you want to be holy and live right. Right. But then you realize that there are times when you will fall if you're Mm -hmm. not careful. And if you fall, you want to get back up. You cannot live your life in condemnation. And a lot of people may not agree with me when I say this, but you cannot walk in the spirit of condemnation when and if you fall as a Christian single, you have mm. to dust yourself off and keep going because what yeah. you do, you do suffer the conviction. And you do admit to your wrong and your guilt, right. but you do right. not fall into condemnation as, as if you're condemned and hopeless because God right. understands your weaknesses right. and he knows absolutely. that you're but the He knows absolutely. It. Like you, Absolutely. Just have to, you have to get with God. And one last thing I want to say on that, and I love to talk about this in, on every subject that I talk about, and that's the subject of worship. Because mm-hmm. worship, when you really become a true worshiper of God, worship is nothing but being vulnerable to another person. It's mm-hmm. giving yourself to another person, being vulnerable. Right. You know, when when you're in a relationship, a marital relationship, maybe it's a new marital relationship, If you're a little overweight, or if you haven't, or you may want to just kind of hide some things when you pull your (laughs) clothes off, well, hey, that's the way you do with the Lord. You pull your clothes off with the Lord, so to speak. You just let it all out. You tell him about your ugly secrets. You tell him about your desires. You tell him about everything that you have suffered. And you be vulnerable with him. Touch him and let him touch you. Worship. When you spend time in worship, he'll give you the strength to overcome those times of loneliness and weaknesses. Um,
0: absolutely,
2: it really works. I, I I promise you, whoever you are that's listening, it will work if you work it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and I, and I'm glad you said that, Denise, because oftentimes, um, people feel, um, especially when you're single and you have those moments of of giving them to into temptation, that you can't start over, you know, that you're, you're, you're kind of doomed for here, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well I already put my foot in the water. So let me just, you right. know, let me just go full throttle with it. But, you know, like you said, you can, you can get up and dust yourself back off again and get back on the right track. But it's also, you know, and thinking back for me, um, when I was single uh, it's kind of like, you have to go through a detox so to speak, you know, and, yes. and like you mentioned, of not going to certain places. And sometimes that might include not hanging around certain people that you like to hang around with, you know, because the That's the temptation amazing. is there, the the desires there. And some people may think, hey, you know, she's acting funny, she's acting mm-hmm. strange, <laughs> uh, but you have to do yeah. what's, what's best for you, you know, and, and your yeah. mental, your mental stability. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You are yeah. exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah. I call it making mental adjustments.
2: You have to make yeah. some mental adjustments. Absolutely. And there's a section at the back of the book um, right before you get to the Bible study guide, I believe, that mm-hmm. it's called spiritual life after sexual sin. There mm-hmm. is spiritual life after sexual sin. So I do touch a little bit on that in the book, in the back of the book, for those people that have fallen and fallen and fallen and those people that you know like you said, going through is detox you know you you can yeah. do that you can go through yeah. a spiritual detox you can get up and and you can begin again and you can go forth in your destiny because your destiny is just right there it's waiting absolutely. for you, and absolutely. there is life after there
1: is life after sexual sin yeah There's hope. absolutely absolutely absolutely, Denise, for the folks out here um it especially um, going back to uh, the beginning of our discussion about, um, especially when it starts at our youth, because nowadays our youth have access to so much stuff um, that leads to, you know, them being curious when it comes to sex. So do you believe, Uh what would be your advice to parents out here on um, raising kids, you know, in today's society on having that talk with our children, because I I, I understand that the birds and the bees talk, but sometimes the, the, the true talk of being abstinent. Uh Um, it's not always discussed you know we talk about okay well, what happens when you have sex you know you can get pregnant or if you're gonna have sex use protection but the the whole stark conversation of just hey why not just remain abstinent you know until you get married so how do you feel that parents should be starting this dialogue with their children
2: I think that they should start the dialogue. And, and, you know, I'm a minister of the gospel, so yeah. I definitely would. <laughs> and for those people that are not Christian, you know, I do realize that we have to, you know, realize that as well when we're counseling and advising. But yeah. you do start with abstinence. You do start with the uh, mere truth that, you know, it is a sin. The word speaks mm-hmm. out against it. But then you yeah. don't leave them hanging. You need to tell them Why? <laughs> Why is right. it so forbidding? Uh And I like to tell, especially uh, my Bible study class from from church, I do have a youth group at church that I like to uh, do Bible studies with once a month whenever mm-hmm. we are available and whenever we can. But I like to let them know what is happening when two people engage in sex. What has actually happened? It's not really just, it's, not, it's a little bit more and deeper than just physical. There's the physical aspect yeah. of it. But what about yeah. the emotional and the soulish mm-hmm. aspect of it? What yeah. about what you're contacting, making contact with with your soul? Even the yeah. Word of God says that um, when you go into a harlot, when it says when you, in other words, the Bible is saying when you be with a, when you lay with a harlot, you become one with that harlot. The mm-hmm. harlot doesn't become one with you; you become one with the harlot. And what mm-hmm. all that is saying is, it's it's very graphic. I know, but what it's teaching us is, is that you know you get what you give yourself to; it gives itself back to you. So Mm -hmm. in a nutshell, there are some serious consequences to having sex. Uh, When you're not married, it's as if you're giving yourself to that person, that person's giving themselves to you, and it's Mm -hmm. like you become one. It's like two becoming one, and then you're attached. So what if one person is not truly attached from the heart and the other one is, and then they go on their separate way? Then there you are left with baggage. They've Absolutely. got to be taught the consequences of it. They've got to be taught the spiritual aspect of it. And they've mm-hmm. got to be taught the reaping and the sowing part. They've got to be taught Absolutely. all of that. And then they've got to be taught about the diseases and all of that. It. It's just a very broad thing. And I think that the parents should start where they are and that they should yeah. have an ongoing conversation about it. Don't just do it one time, don't holler, don't yell. Don't forbid them in such a way till you provoke them to run out and Mm -hmm. do it. Because Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you can actually provoke a person to go forth and do something like that. Absolutely. And and I'm a firm believer. It's all in
1: um, your message, you know, um, your message and how you deliver um, your message with people. You know, I think that, sometimes, and we've seen where people have grown up in the church and people's message to them, their delivery of um, what happens, you know, it, should you have uh, sex um, before marriage has really spoke uh, to the point or for some point it's kind of ran them away from it to where they didn't want to receive any more information on it. You know, they didn't want to hear mm-hmm. anything else about it. So I'm a firm believer that it's also, you know, in your approach and how you go about approaching and delivering um, your message with with whomever yeah. um, you're talking with yeah. them thus far, Um And so, for you, um, Denise, um, at the end of the day, when people go and they purchase uh, unequally yoked, the pleasures of sins, the last season, what do you want them to be able to take away uh, from this book? I would
2: love for people to be able to understand that there is redemption. If you failed, there are consequences, yes, but there is redemption. Excuse me, and there is hope. If you're broken, I want you to be fixed. I want you to be made whole. Mm
0: -hmm. I
2: don't want to just give you entertainment but change. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. That's exactly what I want you to take away from it. Just Absolutely and I'm Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I I think that, you know, with a book like this and the way that you have approached it, uh, it would give people um, a a better understanding of the true message. Because I think sometimes when people think of someone, you know, discussing sins, discussing sex. Anytime you put sin and sex in the same sentence, um, people either go to the left or they go to the right, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to (laughs) go, you know, so, you know, it kind of like throws them off a bit, but I think, you know, you are able to explain um, in a great and profound way on exactly, and plus, you know, hearing you share your own personal story um, as well, uh, people are able to build a connection. And at the end of the day, I think any time that you are delivering a message and you're able to share your own personal story and that connection to it. Um, Is when people are able to connect more to you because they see like, okay, hey, I'm not alone. You know, Denise went through this. She experienced, you know, these things. And so I know that, you know, there's going to be some challenges on this journey, but I know that, you know, I can make it through um, thus far. And so um and then you uh uh this book also um as we said to you guys comes um uh, with a bible study um in it as well so you guys can as she said do it along the way Or once you finish it, um, you can do it at the end also. And so um, I'm just excited. I'm excited for uh, folks to be able to read this book and and, and get their thoughts and their opinions and their views on this book. Because, um, like I tell people all the time, you don't know what you don't know. And so sometimes people haven't always been taught, you know, what happens when you go out and you – um, give yourself and give your body uh, to others. And I'm glad that you mentioned a little while ago about sex not only being a physical connection. Uh, because right. I, I am I'm one hundred percent sure that, you know, connection uh, sex also um uh, is a a connection of the soul and a connection of the mind. And so yeah. sometimes um and if you talk to certain people, people will talk to you about you know what happens when they have you know be, you know had sex with someone and and those emotions and those things that come out of that you know, and thus far, and so we have to you know keep those type of things in mind and 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 as you said, you know when we're going through that process of just working on ourselves and our spiritual journey, we have to know. Um, our limits. <laughs> we have to know uh, what positions and not positions to put ourselves in when it comes to people, places, and, and things, and all of those nature. And so, I am glad that uh, you you wrote this book, and I and I truly hope that uh, people are, get it and they uh, absorb the message and and spread it along to other people as well. And I'm glad that you stepped outside that comfort zone
0: <laughs> and gave. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: absolutely and so I know the year is just rolling off um we're in the third month wow can we go into the fourth month of this year is yeah. already seems <laughs> to be fine by and so what do you what are you um what are your desires or what are your goals uh, for the rest of the year do you plan on to put out another book or happen to uh, do another playwright what are your your goals for 2018?
2: Well, for 2018, thus far, I have just finished the draft form of a new stage play that I've written. Um, it's called All Churched Out, and hopefully, prayerfully, we'll be able to direct that play around summer. If not, we'll we'll keep it till the fall or do it early next year. But I also would like to do a sequel to Unequally Yolked. Um, I call it Unequally Yoked, Reaping the Harvest, and it's just an idea that I have. I've started on it somewhat. I'm still kind of in the stage of just trying to find the time to get to myself and just pour out and write more concerning our main character from the book. So I would like to do a sequel, and I would also like to do a book to the play that I've just written. So I don't know if I will really – if it's really feasible to finish all of that for the whole year because of what's going on now with the dance ministry and with other ministry aspects that I, I work in. Right. But those are some things that are on my heart for this year. I desperately okay. want to um, do a sequel to Unequally Yoked. I desperately, desperately want to finish that. So that's, what, that's what's going on right now. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Denise, I definitely want to thank you for coming on and sharing this amazing book with us and uh, just bringing us a awesome, awesome message. And um, I can tell that you are definitely passionate uh, about what you do and what you put out here for folks um, to be able um, to read and to enjoy. And so um, overall, um for those folks out here listening, uh, what would be your words of advice uh, to those who, you know, th- it may be a struggle for them. It may be a struggle to, you know, remain absent or, or going through the journey of, of waiting, you know, for that right person to come along. What would be your words of encouragement to those individuals? Well, my
2: words of encouragement would be to stay close to the Lord through prayer. Bible reading and just really worship and find yourself some very some very good worshipful music, even if it's just instrumental, to relax you and to bring peace upon you. And an accountability partner would be great. I mean, if you just had someone, and that's very hard, and I would just really advise you to make sure that, you know, the people that you are hanging with, the people that you are giving yourself mm-hmm. to, uh, make sure that they are worthy of you. Make sure yeah. that they understand what you're going through and that they're not going to judge you and that they can be there to to pick up the pieces when you do fail or if you fail. Just um, mm-hmm. Just hang in there and just know that God understands. He knows about you. He knows about your past. And your destiny is in his hands. Everybody's destiny is in God's hands. And destiny has a voice. I like to teach that because your destiny cries out to God and God understands where you're going. So if you are in that position right now where you're lonely, where you get you get to a point where you get discouraged or whatever, just continue to connect with God in that place and just know that you're loved greatly by him and just continue to strive, continue to believe that you will not be in the same place, you know, this time next year. Just continue to believe that if if you understand and know that the will of God for you is to be married, is to be happy with with a a mate. Just know that God has already worked it out for you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely love that. And uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on here and joining me this evening. And I hope you'll come back again uh, once you finish up. those other projects and we would definitely love to have you back on to discuss those as well. And uh, I just definitely thank you for sharing your message, uh, your your message and your love for God and, and the message that you want to deliver for others. And so I definitely thank you uh, for coming on here and, and sharing with me and the listeners this evening. Well, you are most welcome. Absolutely, and so uh, I hope you have a great rest of your evening and weekend, and I'll be talking oh uh before we leave, um Denise, tell the folks out here um how they can go about connecting with you um, as well as purchasing unequally um, yoked.
2: uh Yes, I would love to connect with anyone uh, that's listening on Facebook, Denise Cook Godfrey. I do have an email address uh d. Cook Godfrey at Gmail.com. And I have a website with a lot of more inspirational stories on there, and it's www.worshipfulministries.com. Again, that's www.worshipfulministries.com. So you can get me on Facebook, and then I can pass along this information again if you need to. Also on Amazon.com, just type in Denise Cook Godfrey. And all of my books should come up there. So there's lots of ways that you can connect with me, uh, Amazon.com.
1: Awesome, and I will um, be putting um, her um, link information as well and website information on the Beautiful Butterfly Show page so you guys may um, have access to it as well. And so once again, Denise, thank you so much for coming on here. It's a pleasure having you, and I hope you have an incredible rest of your evening and weekend, and I'll be talking with you again soon.
2: Thank you, Bianca. It was a pleasure. Pleasure being here. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, you guys. That was Arthur and Minister uh, Denise Cook Godfrey um, of Unequally Yoked. The Pleasures of Sin's last a season. Excellent, excellent book, you guys. And so make sure that you head over to Amazon. Um, you can type in uh, Denise Cook Godfrey, and not only will this book, but several other books um, that Denise has written as well, um, will pop up uh, for your reading pleasures. Also, and with that said, folks, uh, we are going to uh, get ready to get out of. And uh, coming up, you guys, um, next week uh, on Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are welcoming um, Stephanie, author Stephanie Bullock, um, to the show. And so Stephanie is going to be joining us, and she is going to be discussing um, her latest book um, with us as well. And then on uh, Thursday... Uh, we are going to continue with author Stelina Goodwin as she brings us another um, self-esteem motivational uh, book as well. And so that is going on Thursday at 6.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So don't forget next Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to have Stephanie Bullitt. She's going to be bringing us her book entitled Removing the Mask. Uh, so we have some really really um, awesome authors uh, who are coming through the show this season, and I am excited about it. So with that said, you guys, um, I'm going to get ready to get out of here. I am Bianca Fly. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Beautiful Butterfly Show as always. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great weekend.